And welcome back to another episode of Square State Sandlot. I'm Kyle Gilmore, and I got Bill Montoya here with me. Um, looking forward to a few of the things we have to talk about. Some other things are a little, little heartbreaking, but um, it's good to be back on the pod. It's been a little over a week, but uh, the, the one thing that I was really excited about was, um, as we talked on our last podcast, I was wondering if they were going to retire Bill Russell's jersey. And it came out this week that the NBA is um, honoring Bill Russell by retiring his jersey, which obviously the players that already have that number, like LeBron, um, they'll get to, you know, continue to wear it, but it won't be issued ever again. Um, So pretty special. Um, A little bit late, but other than that, uh, it's still a pretty cool, pretty cool thing. Yeah. And that's, that's my only thing that I don't like about it is how the, the leagues always wait to honor these players till after they pass. Like I can only imagine how, how good that would have felt for him to have that honor, you know, while he was still alive and knowing that no one's going to wear that six after the guys that are grandfathered in take that Jersey off for the last time. So happy for Bill Russell, but always a moment too late. It seems so. Yeah. Outside of that, um, I did want to, while we're at the top of the episode here, invite any of you that are interested in joining our fantasy football league. Uh, I'm going to be starting that up soon. We'll draft right before the season starts. I always hate doing it early because then you have preseason injuries and whatnot. So we always wait until like the weekend before the regular season starts, sometimes even like a day or two before the regular season starts. So. Uh, any of you that are interested in joining that, we will have some kind of prize at the end, um, and and it should be exciting. I don't know how many people we have interested so far, but I think we've got at least four or five, so um, should be a fun a league. More. Yeah, it'd be a lot better if we could get you know eight to twelve, and and then it'd be a pretty competitive week. So let any of us know if if you're interested in doing that. Um, anything else bookkeeping wise, you, you needed take care of before we continue on uh i don't think so that's i it's i'm just excited for the for the fantasy season to start i always have a blast with that we had a good time last year um i guess we'll have to discuss if we're going to do another um uh you know keep a track of win loss record like we did last year oh we're gonna um, keep track I, of record I'd be more than happy to with good, the good, good. uh caveat being we're gonna do it against the spread this year so oh all right Make it a little more interesting, especially those ones I, I that seem like that. they're easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, well, th- that's that's going to be exciting to do. And like Raf last year, he joined. If any of you guys want to put your your picks in up against us, that's that's always fun to do as well. So, um, for now, we'll we'll move on. A um, couple news and notes from around the the football leagues, and the first one we want to start with is. Coming out of the Wyoming Cowboys football camp, uh, Keelan Cox, the defensive end that transferred from Alabama. Uh, we've been trying to get him on, uh, still yeah. a work in progress, but news broke today that he will probably miss two months with a hip injury. So that's going to knock him out a good chunk of the college football season, which is devastating. I mean, it may even cost him the entire season based on how he recovers. So don't like that. Um but what are your thoughts on this, and do you think it hurts their chances of, of competing no. this season for the championship? 
Uh, I mean, it's definitely, we were very excited about him, obviously, um, coming from a, you know, place like Bama. Um, I was really excited to see uh, just some beef on that defensive line. So I think he's going to be missed. Um, I do think it's going to affect our chances of being competitive um, in the Mountain West. But with that being said, I mean, it is football. It's always next man up. So hopefully we can still do well. But it, it is a little bit disheartening just because we were so excited about him coming over in the transfer portal. Um, ah, you just hate to see it right before the season. I just sure. I hope he has a speedy recovery and recovers fully. We still get to see him, you know, in brown and gold this year. Yep. And that that's one frustrating thing is, I, I mean, there's been so many injuries in in training camps and whatnot that have already knocked players out for the entire season so obviously that that's more the nfl but there's been quite a few in college football as well so it's just frustrating seeing um the people that you're expecting to to be major contributors to just drop off due to injury so hopefully his his recovery goes well and he can at least contribute towards the end of the season I'm excited to see what he can do, especially in the Mountain West, coming from a prestigious program like Alabama. Uh, I think he was going to be uh, an absolute monster on that defensive line. Uh, one thing that at least gives me some comfort is defense wasn't the problem last year. I mean, and it hasn't been for many years. Uh, Bowl typically gets great defensive players, and it's usually the offense that holds the team back. So. I think with some of the steps they've made forward, obviously they lost Titus Wynn. Uh, no, not Titus Wynn. Did they lose him? I think Nayer's they did. the one that they lost. Yeah, I think they, oh, lost, they lost Faladay. They lost uh, Nayer. Um, I don't remember all the, all the losses, but most of them were from the offensive side of the football. So I know they still have a, a great running back. It might be Titus Wynn. I'm pretty sure he's still with the team. Um, but anyway, they've got... They've got the guys on, I think, in place to, to surprise some people in the Mountain West Conference. So hoping that stays, regardless of losing Keelan Cox and, and the defense is where it was last year. And I, I think it'll be a good season for Wyoming Cowboys football fans. So let's I go to uh, – oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm almost I was, positive. I was just – that he's like a preseason pick for one of the top running backs in the nation. So, and maybe I'm just not seeing him. I'll have to look later. But yeah, it's um, tough to find news on Wyoming on Cowboys football. But <laughs> uh, Josh Criswell, he's the one that was that broke the news about Keelan Cox. So, I'd love to have him on eventually because he's the the beat writer for the Wyoming Cowboys yeah, football team. That would be team. amazing. And all other sports, so great to to have someone like that that's connected to all those teams that could really be a great source on on what's going on with them. We'll keep working on that. But you had a note in here about NFL, so let's have you kick that off. Oh, uh, just I mean, I guess really talk about it a little bit for anybody who isn't aware that the NFL is starting its own streaming service, um, NFL Plus. Um, I don't know if you've already gotten it, Bill, but I have. Uh, I did. I got that early deal. Same. Um, the one thing I don't like that it is a phone and, you know, like tablet based streaming service. I, I hope they build upon that and, you know, you can, you know, Roku, I know some TVs you can get it, um, but it is pretty limited right now. And I'm 
they've talked about phasing out, you know, Sunday ticket and um, going they haven't to a, done it yet though. They haven't done it yet, but they've talked about doing that and go to a, you know, full streaming service. So I'm hoping when that happens that you'll be able to watch it on every. Well, uh, and I but think until then, Oh, go ahead. I think that you can probably make it work if you have a, like USB-C to HDMI, I think you could probably project it from a tablet or whatever. They just aren't letting you do like the built-in Chromecast features or whatever to stream to the TV. Right. And that is to protect their um, video partners that are going to put these on um, yeah. on the TVs. The, this is essentially replacing what you used to get for free from Verizon, the, yep. the streaming, the local... Uh, the local sports teams live for free as long as you had, I think it was Verizon and AT&T allowed you to do that. So really it's kind of a loss if you consider that, if you have one of those providers, but I did not. So this yeah, is kind of a win for me, 30 bucks to get to watch any team I want essentially. So. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still a good setup. I just hope they, like I said, build upon it. Um, I use Roku's a lot. Um, we have a couple TVs with one, so it'd be nice to be able to just download an NFL Plus app and stream yep. the games. Um, we'll see Hopefully what happens. Hopefully next year. Right. So with that yeah. being said, we have a few NFL topics. You want to kick yep. us off? Uh, yeah, so Tom Brady stepped away from the football team. Uh, apparently this was a planned absence that had already been agreed to with the team. Uh, at least that's what Todd Bowles is saying so yeah. he's trying to strike some of that work-life balance in the middle of training camp and I guess in some regards you probably don't need Tom Brady there at camp he already knows what he needs to do I mean he's been in the league for 40 years it seems <laughs> but anyway <laughs> it, it's very weird to see you know the leader of the franchise and and your franchise quarterback stepping away in the middle of a training camp um, definitely not something I was expecting, but I guess when you're a player of his stature, if, if you need time away, the team's not going to say no. So I guess well, good for him on, on utilizing that time. I mean, when, when you, when you come to a team and give them a Super Bowl, and they tend to, uh, to work with you a little bit. Plus, I mean, let's be honest. It's not like he's going to need preseason reps. Um, no. If anything, it makes it easier for them to let the other guys play a little bit. But it is a little odd. It's not something you're used to seeing, especially from your, you know, franchise leader. So I agree I with you. I wonder if this odd. might be become more of a, a normal thing going forward, especially with the league's focus on, you know, mental health and all that stuff. Um, but honestly, training camp is something that a lot of veteran players don't want to be a part of. I mean, yeah. they already know what they're doing. If I mean, I, I would say there is some value to training camp, especially if you have a new coaching staff or something like that. But for teams that have coaching staff in place, they already have their schemes and everything, everything status quo. A lot of those veteran players would love to take time away and, and still spend more, more time of their summer with their families. Uh, so I wonder if this might become more of a norm rather than an anomaly, like like it is right here. I think right you're here. right. I think you're right, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
I mean, for that reason, like you said, if you're, you know, five, 10 year veteran, been with the same offense, uh, or, you know, or defense, I guess, but regardless, been with the same, same scheme, you're not going to get a whole lot other than, you know, conditioning, if that's an issue, but, um, you know, that's between the team and the player. I think you're probably right. You will start seeing more of this, especially for, um, I mean, the, the, this, the one that screams out to me is like a CMC or a Saquon Barkley, you know, some of the running backs, like they know the offenses, they know what they're doing. They're, I don't know, give them, give them a break, especially a CMC. It'd be nice, you know, him hitting fresh legs, right. As the season goes, he needs everything he can get as far as staying healthy. So I think you I think you'll see more of it for sure. Well, I think the only reason it might not expand more is just because they're going to want the guys still training while they're away from the team. And if guys get hurt away from the team while they're doing their own training, well, then you have an issue where the team's not going to want to pay them. So, yeah, that uh, makes some sense. Too. <laughs> th there's the slippery slope, too. So, um, no, it's just interesting seeing a guy of his of his magnitude stepping away from the team during during yeah. the training camp when you would probably want someone with his knowledge and his leadership to be there teaching the young guys on, you know, I would say that's probably beneficial, but at the end of the day, you want him to play for your team. So you're going to do what yeah. you can to keep him happy. So um, other news, we have Justin Tucker signed a four-year extension with the Ravens highest paying uh, kicker contract ever, which deserving he's the best kicker in NFL history he's, he's up to amazing. this point. So uh, I think that's probably a good deal, especially with the um, salary cap constantly going up. I mean, back when the Raiders were paying Janikowski what they were, <laughs> everyone was like, wow, you're using that much of your salary cap on a kicker? And, and now it's nowhere nothing. near as good as uh, Justin Tucker. So it's money well spent, in my opinion. Kicker is a very underrated position on the team, well, especially when you don't have a good one. Right. And I mean, like the Steelers, they just re-signed Boz, which I was super pumped about. I love Chris Boswell. He's still my favorite killer B. Um, <laughs> but it's there. So many games are won and lost from the kicker position. Yep. Um, and he, and more so now um, with, with some of the rule changes and things like that, like having a good kicker when you're not dropping them extra points and you're not missing those late field goals. Um, I mean, you're winning those games. So I don't know. I think there's a higher premium on kickers now than maybe there was even five years ago. I mean, obviously with the contract, what it did, but you see more and more of these kickers um, staying longer with teams, which is something I like because they're for a while. I don't know, 10 years ago, it seemed like you had a new kicker every season. Yep. So good for Justin. I mean, I hate who he plays for, but I have nothing but respect for that guy. He's definitely the best in the league. For sure. I mean, historic on, on his percentages and all that. So ridiculous. Definitely earned. Um, other things just of note, I, I put in here and I, I kind of want to hear your opinion on this. We we've, I don't want to say been beating it into the ground, but Jimmy G We've talked about him several times and where we think he's going to end up. Um, at this point, I mean, we're already – every team's in training camp. We're already doing preseason games. 
my opinion is I think it's going to be very unlikely a team trades for him at this point. Um, and San Francisco, if he's still on the team by the start of the, of week one, he gets that fully guaranteed salary. So they don't want him on the team because they don't want to pay him. I think it's almost 30 million just to sit on the, on the bench. They've already moved on from him. So in my opinion, you know, the Seahawks could use him. Obviously we've talked about the lions. We've talked about several other landing spots for him. In my opinion, those teams have no reason other than the fear of losing out on him to go out and make a deal for him because if if he's not traded before week one, I think there's a very, very high likelihood that the 49ers are just going to cut him. And then he's free to sign with whatever team he wants. And yeah. the other team's not going to have to pay him $30 million. So what are your opinions on that? Do you think that's likely or do you um, think a team will come in and scoop him up before he can hit well, the open market? I don't think anyone will scoop him up prior, but I do want to say one thing. I think the team messed up on how public they were saying that they moved on from him. Um, I mean, it literally no one had to call their bluff because they literally showed their hand to everyone. Um, so with that being said, I think that was a mistake. Even if you were moving on and going with Trey Lance, I would have kept that under wraps and fielded some offers. I don't know if it would have changed things, but I do think they showed their hand way too early. Yeah. Um, with the, with that being said, I don't think there's no way he'll be picked up with that inflated contract. And depending on what Jimmy G wants, this is might actually be the best thing for him. For sure. Um, you know, you know, if money's not his priority, if he wants to start, because um, I guess if he wanted to stay with the team, he would restructure. Yeah. Which obviously. You know, they're wanting to move on. I'm sure he wants to start. Yeah, I he assume wants that everybody play. wants to start. So as much as it would suck him getting cut and take a lower contract, if it means a fresh start somewhere, say Seattle and Detroit, and I still the the Detroit topic you brought up, I think was genius. And I, I didn't even think of Detroit. Um, I still would really love to see that happen. But a fresh start like that somewhere, I think he would just, I think he would thrive somewhere. So um, I do not think anyone picks him up and I definitely think they do cut him because you have to, um, you don't pay that kind of money for somebody on the bench. Yep. My opinion. And here's a little nugget that I thought of with Matt Stafford and the elbow injury. If, and you know, <laughs> the lions are, are saying this is not a big deal. They say he's essentially on a pitch count during preseason, and it's just going to be something he has to manage throughout the season. Um, you mean the Rams, right? Yeah, the Rams, Rams. What did I say? <laughs> Lions. Oh, yeah, Rams. I knew what you meant. So anyway, if the if if he's available on the open market and the Rams think he's an upgrade over Wofford or Wolford, whatever the backup's name is. Which um, he is. Yeah, he's a, a much better option. If he's willing to go there and take a lesser salary, I mean, what what other opportunities is he going to get to win a championship? That, and that's pretty interesting, too, for the Rams, because say you take him on, and even if Stafford only misses some games and Jimmy G comes in and plays well, they have another trade chip with a yep. cheap contract. 
I mean, that's win-win for everybody. That's a very good point. It'd be interesting so, to see. I'm hoping Stafford's fine. Well, but. It, and then he has the opportunity to stick it right back to the 49ers oh, yeah. for moving on from him. So it's true. I think that's possibly an intriguing destination that we haven't been thinking of. Obviously, if if well, Stafford's healthy, it doesn't make any sense for him to go there. But No, but to your point, I also think that's why Seattle may have a really – good shot at signing him if that does play out that way. Cause I think he'll be pretty, you know, have a chip on his shoulder and want to prove something and being able to play him twice a year. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm just telling you right now, if he goes to Seattle and Jimmy G beats the Niners twice this season, you're going to have a lot of unhappy folks. <laughs> I think just that is if it very unlikely to happen, but yeah. if it did, that would be uh yeah, a slap in the face for sure. I'd be interested to see what uh, old Raph would say about that if if it were to happen. Probably not a lot for a minute and then a lot. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moving on from that, a uh, couple of things in Major League Baseball. Let's start with the big news that dropped today, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr. just got popped with PED, um, 80-game suspension, just as he was getting close to getting back and, and starting the season. Uh, his excuse was essentially that he took it uh, not knowing that it was in there. I can't remember exactly what he said. A ringworm. Ringworm. Yep, that's what it was. And so he said he should have went through the normal process of having them check with the what was in there. And he failed to do that. So he's not uh, appealing the suspension or anything. Um, this is painful i mean i think and and we talked about this off air i don't know if it's if they made the move for soto because they knew this was coming the timing is pretty close to when they would have been notified so i wonder if they kind of knew this was coming and and so that's why they made the move on soto but that's the frustrating thing is we all were looking for that shot in the arm for the padres and getting tatis back they're not going to catch the pot or they weren't going to catch no. the Dodgers anyway, even with him because of how I think they're up to 16 games ahead, but all you need is a, a ticket to the dance to, yep. to show up and, and make noise. So we were hoping, you know, Tatis comes back, pitching picks up a little bit and they'll be really dangerous in the playoffs. And that's just obviously not going to happen now. So like I told you off air, I don't think this was the season for them to, to win it all anyway. I think this would have been a good season for them to see how it all fits together and then really make a move next year. So yeah, I don't think this necessarily sets back next year anyway. Uh, Tatis, I don't know how the games line up right now. I know we're slightly past the halfway mark, so he'll probably miss the first month or so of next season with, with this suspension carrying over into next season. But I it's just frustrating because this is going to stain his name now going forward. And he's one of the faces of major league baseball. That's the one thing I was going to say. The thing I'm the most disappointed in is, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's, it's tarnishing his image, but really think about it. How much has he played in the last few seasons? He's always injured. Yep. Um, He's always fighting something. And then you bring in this and it's just like, I, the talent is there, but at the same time, like 
these are the kind of things that I'm not, and I'm not saying the Padres are dealing Tatis. Don't everybody get all crazy, but I'm just saying these are the kind of things that drive a wedge between a player and an organization. No, because no one's going to take that contract anyway. No, but. no, no. But I'm just saying this is the kind of stuff that, I mean, this could change the trajectory of his career technically. It could. Um, um, I just like watching him play. So between the yeah. injuries and that, it's just a really big bummer because he's exciting baseball and having him and Soto, you know, both in the lineup. Um, I mean, both defensively and uh, more so at the bat, but. I was excited to see that just to see if they could do some damage in the playoffs and, um, you know, mess up one of the main teams that continually are up there. Um, it's just very frustrating because we were both so excited about seeing that, you know, it's those two kind of, on, a, on a roster. It's kind of funny to me that you, you like him though, because he's definitely the, dap them up as you're going around the bases and all that stuff which so here's my thing i'm not personally into the showboating and all that yeah but i'm also a realist it's no different than you know like i supported you know juju smith schuster with the tiktok stuff it's not i think tiktok's the stupidest thing that's ever been invented for sure but um but i also gotta get understand, on it <laughs> right but I also understand that it's the future of the league. I mean, this is how you're bringing in the next generation of fans. So, um, you know, if that's what keeps the sport going, both whether it's NFL, MLB, I'm all for it. And it does add excitement. I mean, the bat flips, the, you know, it, it adds a layer. Is, and I know some of the, the purists hate all of that. Um, and a part of me does. I, I hate the showboat and I like the very quiet, humble players the most, but um that's the stuff that's putting people in the stands right now so for that reason I'm, I'm not opposed to it yeah and i guess we should mention that last saturday the attendance for major league baseball games was a record since 2019 so seems like baseball is coming back at least attendance wise in in most cases so that's good to hear. And I, I think the uh, A's and Giants playing that weekend has something <laughs> to do with it because you know, the A's have been averaging about seven to 12,000 fans or so per night. And when they played the Giants that Saturday night, they had 40 plus thousand in attendance. So, And just talking about that little series, mini series, they had a two game set. They split the first the first two in San Francisco. Uh, Giants unfortunately took both of them in Oakland, so they took home the the Bay Bridge Trophy, and Giants get to keep that for one more season. So, a little depressing on my end, but you know, the, such is this season. And after the momentum they had from July, it seems like that's kind of slowed down, and they really started to struggle again. So. August is not looking like a good month for the A's, but I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful they'll throw together you gotta some wins. Be. Yeah. yeah, you got to be. They did cut Jed Lowry, which is a little disappointing. I mean, we've talked about it all season. He wasn't playing like he had been in previous seasons with the A's. He's just taking up a roster spot, hitting like 150 or something. So it makes sense to move on from him, but at the same time, you got to look back at all those positive memories that he's brought to the team, especially back on the, the 2012 team 
when we had that magical run. Uh, just talked to Travis Blackley about that magical run. He was teammates with him. Jed's a, a stud of a guy. I think he played seven seasons with the A's. So not a lot of guys do that anymore. Anytime a guy's good, basically the A's trade him because they can't pay him. So have that longevity in, in the modern era for the Oakland Athletics. Got to at least give him a hat tip for that. So appreciate Jed Lowry and hope he has another chance elsewhere. And if not, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does in his in his retirement. So, Yeah, uh, Buckos. My pirates are kind of some of the same. I mean, same same situation your A's are in. Um, it's so frustrating to me because we'll have little flashes. Uh, you know, we'll do things. I mean, we swept the Dodgers earlier in the season. We we uh, um, we swept the Brew Crew and then turn around and you know we play the Diamondbacks and look like we're first time we've ever played baseball. Yeah. Um, and it's it's frustrating too because we we're finally having some of our young pitchers step up, um, you know, the like the the last game the one I you know I, that sticks out the most for me against the Diamondbacks is we were winning three to two I think in the seventh, and our pitching had kept us in it, and then our relief our relief came in and we ended up losing nine to three, and it's just to give those away is just heartbreaking for because those guys have struggled earlier in the season and they're finally starting to put it together, but it's not showing up in wins. Um, and yeah, I mean we're building. I know that those wins don't matter, but you still like to see them get them once in a while because they're finally turning a corner and then the bats go quiet. Yep. But uh, I mean, other than that, it's it's we're seeing some of the young guys again. We re we released some people we really needed to. Um, I think I talked about it last time, but Yoshi Sutsugo, we we released um, Jake Marisnik. There's a few of the veterans that we obviously never found trade partners for. And they get uh, Sawinski back up. Not yet. It's really bugging me. I want to see him back up, but yeah. um, I'm hoping because like. Mariznick is a outfielder, so I'm hoping that that opens up a spot for for my boy Jack Jack to come back up. But I don't know. It's the rest of the season's same as it. I mean, just checking out the young guys. We got to see how they play, and I'm really hoping we piece together something next season, at least progress. Because you know, as far as the win loss thing, uh, it's about where we were last season. Not a huge change. So I'm hoping pitching comes along, and we'll see what happens next year. But the rest of it's just letting the young bucks do their thing. But I do want to bring up um, on that note, speaking of trade partners, this Jason Hayward situation is ridiculous to me. I'm blown away by this. Um, I feel really bad for him because he's put in a lot of time there um, with Chicago. Uh, basically for anyone not up to date with it, he's going to miss the rest of the year and then he's going to be released by the Cubs yep. um, at the end of this season. Oh man, I'm super torn for this guy. I wish they could have found some way to deal him somewhere, um, even with minimal return. But it's just weird to see somebody like that because being a Pirates fan, Hayward, you know, we saw him regularly and he always tore us up. So, he, I mean, he can play ball. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. Kind of crazy seeing it like that. Uh oh. Can you hear me? Lose you. I can hear you. I don't know why my camera just went down. Um, 
What's going on, man? Now everybody's just got to look at me. I'll, I'll get it fixed here. You keep talking. You're all right. Uh, that's that's really it. It's just, I guess maybe I have a different perspective because of how often I've seen him play. Uh, I mean, he played well, so I, I don't know. It's just a weird situation. I was really surprised to see that they're just going to cut him and let him go. I don't, I don't know all the details of his contract either. I don't know if that was part of it, um, if he had a pretty inflated contract or not. But either way, it's weird. I'm sure he'll get gobbled up by somebody um, for some outfield depth, and who knows, maybe he'll get a World Series out of it or something next year. Technical difficulties. Well, while Bill is figuring that out, I do want to talk about one thing real quick. Um, anyone who hasn't watched the movie Hustle needs to give that a give that a shot. I think it's Adam Sandler's best movie ever, which is I'm an Adam Sandler fan, but um, that movie is absolutely wonderful. It is a masterpiece. I think it's the best basketball movie made personally. So anyone listening, give that a shot. Check it out on Netflix. You will not be disappointed. Back. There he is. Sorry about that. I don't <laughs> know what happened. Uh, uh, were, you able to, were you able to hear me the whole time? Yeah, I could hear you, but apparently you couldn't hear me. But okay. Just a couple notes on the, the Hayward contract. I think majority of that was he got handed that giant contract and, and never lived up to it. Um, yeah. He's an above average defensive player, but unfortunately for him, he hasn't been able to hit the baseball and that's been the major drag on his value. So that's obviously why it, it does surprise me that the Cubs aren't at least trying to find someone. You can't trade someone when they're hurt, but if he was able to come back healthy right. over the off season, that maybe they absorb half the contract or maybe even more than half the contract on that last year, just to get him, you know, onto another team somewhere. Uh, but ultimately, no one's going to pick up that contract. So that's that's the reason why they're just going to throw in the towel on it. Um, did you talk about the I, – I had to shut down my browser to, to get it to come back up. But did you talk about the uh, uniforms in that? I was just getting okay. to that. Um, cool, cool. I, I talked about the movie Hustle. Have you watched it yet? Yeah, I actually did. That was great with, with Adam Sandler. Isn't that wonderful? And that the guy from the Jazz, he's, I don't think he's on the no Jazz longer. anymore. He got, he got released. Yeah. Um, but, that was good. Uh, what's, what's his bucket for Minnesota? He plays Kermit. Yes. Um, the, the Anthony asshole. Edwards, right? Thank you, Anthony yeah. Edwards. He was absolutely horrible, but played it wonderfully. Um, so just I'll say it again before we dive into the throwback unis for the Field of Dreams game. But if you haven't watched it on Netflix, watch the movie Hustle. Um, I love Adam Sandler, and I wholeheartedly think this is the best movie that he's been in to date. So um, it's my new favorite. It took the spot of Blue Chips as my favorite basketball movie. So wow, uh, I was blown away by that movie. I absolutely loved it. But to your point for the throwback unis, um, you know I'm a sucker for some clean uniforms, but those Reds uniforms are absolutely stunning. Yes. I absolutely love them. I'm going to, yeah. And that no, hurts they, me because I hate the Reds, but. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed both. Um, and They're both this very was, nice. This was, uh, you know, one of those where 
you like the Angels jerseys, so I figured you'd love both of these. Uh, right. Angels City Connects. Uh, but this definitely fit the vibe where, you know, they're, they're oh, trying yeah. to do a throwback one. So I, I've loved them. But Angels still not not good on, on my part. <laughs> I'm going to, before we, before we finish this, I'm going to get the uh, video queued up for the Edwin Diaz walk-up song so I can share it on here so you guys know like what we're it. talking about here. Uh, but go ahead, finish up any thoughts you have, and then I'll, I'll start to share um, that. Th that was it. Uh, you know, even calling them throwbacks, you know, doesn't even do it justice because, I mean, we're trying to recreate, obviously, Field of Dreams, and I feel yep. like this was the best. I mean, it's only been two seasons, but still, um, I, I liked these uniforms a lot better than I liked um, – as a whole last year's I liked, I liked the Sox uniforms, um, last season, but, um, the reds, I just, I'm a sucker for a white uniform and I love the caps. The hats are just yep. wonderful, but very nice. That's enough good things to say about the reds. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one other, I guess two other cool things about it was at the very beginning, uh, they had Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. Senior and Junior did the the opening part where they said, "You want to go have a catch, Dad?" and you know, yeah. played catch up in the outfield. So that was really cool. Uh, the Harry Carey thing I think would have been fantastic if they would have just shown a video. Instead, they showed like <laughs> yeah. a holog hologram or something of him, and it was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, a little bit like the hat tip to Harry Carey, but execution wasn't that great. So. Anywho, uh, on to the next thing, and that is the fire that is <laughs> Edwin Diaz's walk-up song for when he gets called out to close out a game. So I'm going to share this on the screen here. And this is courteous, courtesy of, what is it, YSN? No, SNY. So I think that's the, the Net or Mets local video station there. So can you hear that, Kyle? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Here it comes. <laughs> Mr. Matt, Mrs. Matt, getting them all fired up. <laughs> I do love it. It, it is, is wonderful. wonderful. It's, it's the second best walkout song. To who? Mariano Rivera? No. David Bednar comes, comes out to Renegade. renegade but... That's fine. Anyway, that doesn't get you fired up. And I don't know how, how well that or how good that sounded over, over this. But if you haven't heard that look it up. And, and it didn't come through well, yeah, look it up because it's fantastic. I, I mean, it had... Gave me chills for sure. So it'll, it'll get a crowd going. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, anything else you had MLB wise? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. So last note I have in here is just about NBA and it is Kevin Durant. Uh, he met with the owner of the Brooklyn Nets and essentially restated his desire to force his way out. Uh, he did say, or, well, basically he gave him an ultimatum and said, 
if you don't want to let me out, then you need to get rid of Steve Nash and the GM because I don't like what they've done. Um, you have to think he had, well, we know he had some say in the hiring of Steve Nash. And I don't know how good of a job Steve Nash did. I mean, that's probably internal stuff, but yeah. at least on the outside looking in, it, it seemed like he did a fine job. Uh, the GM, I could agree with that, maybe bringing in Ben Simmons. And the thing that apparently set off Kevin Durant about this whole situation was when the Nets essentially needed Ben Simmons to play. I think it was game four against, was it the Celtics? I can't remember who they matched up against. That sounds right. But Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway, he, he essentially asked them or asked Ben if he was available to play in game four because they needed him to. And instead of answering or whatever, Ben Simmons just left the group chat and didn't talk to him about it afterwards. So that whole debacle with, with Ben Simmons, I can understand the frustration with that because I would not want to be on a team that's relying on him to play because at this point he hasn't played in, you know, season season and a half, something like that, because he got his feelings hurt. So um, I, I can understand Kevin Durant's frustration, but at the same time, he also had his hand in building this team. So outside of the, the Ben Simmons stuff, I mean, the rest of this is squarely on him. And I mean, he's under contract for four seasons. So the owner essentially said, we're only going to do what's best for the Nets. And I, I love that approach. Um, because I, quite honestly, I don't see a way to fit that salary on any other team's roster, and it makes sense for the team to to make it make sense. So, apparently, they were asking for Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart from Boston yeah. to get Kevin Durant. So, I I don't know where you stand on this. I know you're not a huge fan, but um, I guess at the end of the day, for me, all it does is prove. I mean. I've I've, never, I've made it abundantly clear that I hate that players are dictating moves and I hate that players are being involved in the business side of the league. Um, don't get me wrong. If you have a star player getting their opinions and being involved, that's fine. But the amount of weight that these players are able to throw around and at the end of the day, uh, just because you played in the NBA does not mean you can evaluate talent in the NBA. There's a reason yep. there are scouts. There are a reason that there are, you know, not, I mean, not all GMs are created equally, but these these people that are involved in these processes, um, there's a reason they're there to put these teams together. So for me, I just think this is a cautionary tale. Same with the Lakers this past season. Um, it's not always just, you know, sunshine and rainbows when you build a super team, so to speak. Uh, for me, it's they made their bed and or I guess in this instance, he made his bed and he's laying in it. So if I was Brooklyn, I'd make him play next season. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that's the tough thing is if he doesn't play, he's going to miss out on money. But at the same time, the way that these guys, he already has a ton of money stashed up, Yeah. but then he also has a bunch of endorsement deals and all that stuff. So if he really wants to, he can sit out as many games as he wants and, and kind of force their hand. But I don't think that's the tac tactic he really wants to go because at the end of the day, any money you lose, you're not making up. So um, I don't know. It's an interesting situation. And it's funny that you mentioned the Lakers because LeBron's going to be winning championships with uh, 
Draymond Green here pretty soon, so. I've heard. <laughs> Supposedly, I saw a thing today, actually, that Draymond wants to go to the Pistons. I don't know how much fact there is behind it, but. Well, he is from Saginaw, so I guess that's that's going home for him. Um, and that's probably about the only sense that that makes, because. Maybe, maybe he can bring them four championships. I, yeah, I don't think so. But <laughs> no? Maybe. Oh. <laughs> Uh, I did want to lastly shout out the uh, wonderful backgrounds you have behind you. Didn't mention that at the oh. top, but I'm sure you can see that Kyle has uh, upgraded. So <laughs> the one thing I've hung in this room. Yeah. yeah. When it's all done, I'll, I'll I'll give a tour for the whole podcast. But well, I have tons of stuff hung behind me, as you can kind of see. It's blurred out, but. Um, that stuff's all like the old vintage signs because I love that stuff. But oh, yeah. on this wall next to me, I'm, I'm getting my sports stuff up soon. So I don't know how I can make that a backdrop because it's not where my computer is, but I'm going to find a way. <laughs> Maybe I move all the vintage stuff over there. I don't know. But Right. You got, you got to plan her out. <laughs> so anyway, um, anything else that you want to bring up before we, we cut it loose? Nope. Uh just want to throw out again, I guess. So I guess, yes. Um, fantasy football, like Bill said earlier, if anyone's interested, it'd be really fun just to have a square state sandlot league um, of nothing but viewers. I think that would be a blast. So if you're interested, get a hold of one of us, probably more so Bill. He's orchestrating the league. Um, Unfortunately, I, I always have hear from to be you guys. the damn commissioner, but it's fine. If I want to play, I guess I got nobody. Ain't nobody want to do that crap. No. Uh, and just thanks for the listens. And if you guys have any comments, questions, or anything you want us to talk us or anything for us to talk about, then drop it in the comments or message one of us, and we'll we'll chat it up and throw you a nod if you want one. All right. That being said, we thank you guys again for for tuning in every week, and we will catch you on the next one. <laughs>